Welcome to Ask Peggy About Your Finances, because prosperity is so much more than money. Brought to you by writer, speaker, and certified financial planner, Peggy Doviak. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Hello and welcome to the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. My name is Peggy Doviak and I'm a certified financial planner practitioner. This is a show for you to help you understand your money. We look at the stock market and the things that make it go up and down. We look at financial legislation that could impact your bottom line. In the Plan Your Prosperity segment, we take a deeper dive into a financial planning topic to help you understand some of the details. And finally, in the Ask Peggy segment, that's your opportunity to ask me a question. So if you'd like to submit a question to the show, go to askpeggy.com, that's A-S-K-P-E-G-G-Y.com, and you'll find the box where you can submit your question. Then I'll be in contact with you, maybe get some more details, and then we'll craft an answer that can be educational for the listeners. So let's get started with the Bulls and Bears Market and Economic Update. This is for the week ending November 15th, 2019. And it was a great week in the market, with the Dow Jones Industrial Average setting a new record high. Last week, the Dow got to 28,000 and four, which is as high as it's ever been. It closed up for the week 1.17%. The S&P 500 went up almost nine-tenths of a percent. The NASDAQ went up a little more than three-quarters of a percent. Gold dropped by 1.65%. Crude oil went up 084 And the 10-year Treasury yield went up 11.69% to currently be at 1.833%. The fact that the 10-year Treasury yield continues to climb makes me suspect that the market doesn't really anticipate another Federal Reserve lowering of rates. If it did, it would likely be dropping in advance of that action. Now, that could still happen. It could happen closer to the next time the Fed's scheduled to meet. But right now, the market's not acting like it's anticipating further lowering. So we'll just watch that and see where we wind up. Today, I also want to talk about the new Disney Plus subscription service that launched last week. It was a huge launch. It crashed all of the sites, and many people were really excited to see the classic Disney programming. Now, I'm not advocating Disney, and I'm not recommending you purchase Disney stock. Instead, I want to talk to you about the fact that we get our entertainment these days by subscriptions. And the subscriptions don't sound like a lot of money when we look at it by the month. But MarketWatch, which is a financial website, it's marketwatch.com, did a very interesting article right after the launch of Disney, looking at the true costs that you would spend if you were just subscribing to a few of the services. So if you were to subscribe to Netflix and Hulu, and you didn't have any other subscriptions, 
MarketWatch says if you kept those subscriptions for 50 years, which wouldn't actually be that hard to do, you would end up spending $87,656. If you added Disney Plus, it ends up being $119,938. That's the price of an inexpensive house in the middle of the United States. If you're listening from the coast, you probably laugh when you hear that. But $119,000 is a lot of money wherever you live. Now, I'm not going to be a buzzkill. I think that subscription services are great. But periodically, I think you should do two things. The first is I think you should check your bill, however you're paying for this, and double check what you're actually subscribed to. Are you watching it? Because a lot of times we purchase something on a subscription and we think we'll use it all the time. And then six months, a year later, we discover we're not using it at all. So if you find you are subscribing to things you are not enjoying, I want you to cancel it. This is why everything's gone to subscription. People never cancel them. It's a steady stream of income for whoever is providing the subscription. So if you're not using it, get rid of it. And then periodically, too, I want you to add up the total amount that you're spending on your subscriptions, and I want you to multiply that number by 12. So we're just figuring out the cost for a year, and I want you to decide if you're okay with that. And if you're okay with it, then absolutely leave everything the way it is. But sometimes it's a bit of a reality jolt to find out what we're really spending over the course of the year when the bill doesn't seem very bad when we look at it by the month. So subscriptions are great, and it gives us access to programming we wouldn't get otherwise. However, they're very insidious. And be very careful of all of your subscriptions, not just your entertainment ones. Make sure you're using them, and make sure you really know what you're paying. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 and Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the legislative update of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And today I want to talk about some changes that the IRS is creating around required minimum distribution from your individual retirement accounts. So a law or actually an executive order was passed by the president called the Strengthening Retirement Security in America Act. And that actually went into place on August 31st, 2018 by executive order. Part of the request was to make an adjustment to the required minimum distributions from IRAs. And so just this last week, the IRS has released its proposal where it's updating the life expectancy in the tables. Now, let's back up a step and talk a little bit about how your required minimum distributions are calculated. There is a table that the IRS provides, and actually, it's a series of three tables. 
The first table is the uniform lifetime table, and that's the one that you use most of the time. That's the one that you use to calculate the required minimum distribution on your own IRA. There's also the joint life and last survivor expectancy table. Now, that's a mouthful. It's usually just called joint and last survivor. That table allows you to take a slightly smaller required minimum distribution if you are married to a spouse who is more than 10 years younger than you are. So by allowing the, the smaller RMD, it makes it more likely that there'll be money available for that surviving spouse who will have a longer life expectancy if you just look at actuarial tables than you because of the age difference. The third table is called the single life table. And you might think you use the single life table if you're single, but you don't. You use the uniform table, whether you're single or whether you're married. The single life table is what you use if you inherit an IRA. And the single life table has a slightly different calculation method than the other two tables do. It's more of a flat distribution, and it causes the money to be distributed more quickly than from either of the other two tables. Because in both the uniform table and the joint and last survivor table, there's a bit of a stretch of the RMD because if you are 76, you are relatively likely to live to be 77. If you're 56, you have a much lower probability of living to be 77. It's simple because there's more years for something to go wrong. Well, the IRS recognizes that if you are 76, you're probably going to need that money at 77, and you're likely going to need it at 78. So it kind of slows down the percentage you have to take to make the money last longer. On an inherited IRA, they'd really just assume you go ahead and cash that out so they can finally get the tax off of the other lifetime. But they don't make you do that. Instead, they let you stretch it out over your lifetime, but with a calculation method that causes a faster distribution. So if your eyes haven't completely glazed over from that, let's get back to the, um, the Strengthening Retirement Security in America IRS changes to the table. It's really simple they've lowered the amount that you have to take from all three tables. So I haven't seen the new numbers yet. I'm sure they're going to look very similar to the last three tables, just with slightly smaller numbers to divide by. I don't know if you've ever looked at the table or not. What the table does is it gives you your age, and then there's a little number beside the age. And that number is what you divide your IRA balance by. 
and they have you use the balance as of December 31st of the year before you're taking the distribution. So everybody calculates on the same day using the same market conditions. You don't get to cherry pick and like choose the day the market's low to take the amount. Additionally, this gives the IRS a way of making sure you really took as much as you were supposed to. They know what day to go back and look at. So you take your age, you take your number, you divide the number into your account balance, and that tells you how much to take. So what the IRS has done here is they've lowered all of the numbers throughout all three tables. The idea being that it will allow people to have longer tax-free growth. And in theory, it's a really great idea. And there's nothing other than that that they really can do to help people make their money last longer. There is an inherent flaw in this system, and that is the fact that most people, once they retire and they start taking money out of their IRAs, have to take more than the required minimum distribution amount anyway. So there's that minimum amount that the IRS makes you take, but it's not a huge percentage of your money. And so most people wind up taking larger distributions to create their retirement cash flow than they are required to take. I've read the statistic that only about 20% of society is only taking their RMD in the first place. So 20% of society has enough money coming in from other sources. They only take what the IRS makes them take and they don't take any more. Now, for those people, that will allow them to defer taxation. For most of us, however, we're already taking more than that amount. So the actual recognized tax benefit isn't really going to exist because we're already past where we needed to be. There is one final wrinkle that I am not going to go into details on the show because I've already gotten really weedy in this and I don't want to get any worse than I have. If you're turning 70 and a half, like now, probably this isn't going to go into effect until 2021. So you've got a little time, but you need to get with your CPA and your certified financial planner practitioner and find out how you handle it if you start taking the RMDs under the old system and then you're transferring to the new system because for people who are just beginning to take distributions, there can be some complications. Not a big deal. You just need to work with a CPA or CFP pro because they can help you not make the mistake in your distribution. That way you take the amount you need to take, you're happy, the IRS is happy, and if both of you are happy, I'm happy. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Plan Your Prosperity segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And this week is our Thanksgiving edition. And so I wanted to branch out a little bit here and talk about one of my favorite holidays, which is Thanksgiving. I, I tend to like the holidays that don't get quite as much press as some of the other holidays, and I absolutely love Thanksgiving. I love the Thanksgiving Day parades. I love the food. I love the low-stress nature of the holiday. You don't have to buy anybody a Thanksgiving Day gift, so it's really wonderful. 
Additionally, I love the fact that we set aside a day to be thankful. You know, we all know the story of the pilgrims and how bad they had it that first winter when they were in Plymouth. And we know that they had they created the meal to give thanks to the Native Americans who had helped them and to give thanks to God. And so it's really lovely that America has the culture of having the day set aside to be thankful, especially right now when everybody seems a little more on edge than average. I think Thanksgiving is good for people. So I don't think you should see Thanksgiving as like the day before Christmas starts. Really enjoy the day. Think about what you're thankful for. Tell people you're thankful for them. Just this week, I had a friend who died in an accident, and it just reminds you, you don't know how long you're going to have people, so it's very important to tell them thank you. It leads into why I wish people prosperity. I don't tell people to go be rich or go get a lot of money. I wish people prosperity. That's why we have the Plan Your Prosperity section of the radio show. And if you've read anything I've written, I use the word prosperity a lot. Prosperity isn't being rich. Prosperity is having enough money to be okay. I think it's really hard to not know how you're going to pay your electric bill and feel particularly prosperous. So there is a financial component to prosperity. But prosperity is much bigger than that. You know, I needed to come up with a tagline years ago when I first got into financial services. You know, because everybody has their brand. And I was told I had to have a brand. It was like, what do I want my brand to be? And I, and I didn't want to be just really surface and tell people to be rich. Because quite frankly, not everybody listening to me today is going to be financially rich. And it really doesn't even matter what you do through your financial planning. It's going to be really tricky for you to somehow get rich. And I didn't want to give people like kind of some silly smarmy thing. Happiness wasn't really the right word because happiness doesn't have a lot to do with money. And it's kind of almost just a state of mind. So I came up with the word prosperity. And it absolutely summarizes everything that I wish for you. Because we're prosperous when we walk in the door at night and our favorite pet runs to meet us. I had a cat who would run to meet me at the door. Everybody thinks it's the dog who comes to greet you. No, mine was the cat. You have people in your life who love you. Maybe it's a spouse or a partner or family or good friends, but someone is thrilled that you exist. If you have your basic essentials of life, if you're not afraid, if you've got a roof over your head, something to drive, a job, all of these things make us prosperous. And it's really easy to forget that. 
and especially when you start thinking about your money because it's so stressful in so many different ways. You know, you don't know if you've got enough to retire. You don't know if you've got enough insurance. You don't know if your family's going to be okay if something happens to you. There's tons of stress. And financial planning addresses all of that, and we try to create solutions. But I think sometimes we can get so wound up in worrying about everything that we don't take the time to sit back and look at what's going right. So for at least one day a year, at least on Thanksgiving, I want you to dial back the stress. And I want you to look at those things that make you prosperous. And then I want you to call the people who make you prosperous and tell them how happy you are that they're in your life because we need to be told that. It may be a spouse. It may be somebody you see every day. It may be someone you tell them you love them every single day. But actually take the time to really meaningfully tell them how much they mean to you. It will make their entire day. It might make their month. People need to hear it. And so on Thanksgiving, eat too much, watch the parades, watch the football. Don't worry about your finances and take time to be with the people you love. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 and Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Plan Your Prosperity segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And this question of the week is a question I get asked all the time by people, especially this time of year after I was talking about taking Thanksgiving as the day to sit back and rest and recoup. The holidays tend to hit the very next day on Friday. And people get very stressed out about the holidays. And so the question this week is, Peggy, I want to love the holidays, but I don't. I get so stressed out, and I know I spend too much money. What can I do? And what I will say right off the bat is the holidays can be a very challenging time of year. Now, I love the holidays, but that doesn't make them not stressful. You know, by the time you get after Thanksgiving, it's almost like you have a giant sprint marathon trying to get to Christmas and then through New Year's, and we really don't stop to breathe again until January 2nd. One of the reasons I think it gets stressful is trying to buy gifts for people and trying to make sure that everybody has the holiday that we want them to have. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute because a lot of the stress is it's the holiday we want them to have. You can do a little planning and you can fix this. You know, one of the things that's becoming more popular is not exchanging gifts at all. And if that's what you and your loved ones decide to do, then you don't have to worry about the expense of holiday gifts. But I don't tend to advocate any one position on the show. I just try to give you strategies and help you create ways to make it work however you want to handle it. If you do want to exchange gifts, don't wait till the last minute. That's one reason why I chose to answer this question this week. I wanted to answer it early enough 
that if you're doing some holiday shopping after Thanksgiving, next week's show is going to be a best of Peggy. So it'll be a really fun show. You should tune in. It'll be all of the questions that people ask me. But I'm not doing a live show. This is my last opportunity to give you live information before Black Friday hits. Start shopping early. When you wait until the last minute to shop, you run into the store and you buy absolutely anything you see that you think the person would like. Now, the stores know this, and so they put the expensive stuff where it's easy to see. Before you know it, you've rushed around, you've spent a ton of money, and maybe you got what the person wanted, and maybe you haven't. So that leads us to the next point, which is really talk to people about what they want for the holidays. Give them the Christmas that they want. Remember I said we stress ourselves by giving us the Christmas that we want them to have? Find out the Christmas that they want to have, because you might find out they actually don't want a gift. They want to do something with you. You know, you could do an activity and build a memory and have a good time without spending as much money. Or if they do really want something expensive and you can't afford it, this gives you a little time to explain and to talk about options. You know, I wouldn't recommend buying an off-brand if somebody wants a brand name because especially with teenagers, that can be a huge deal. But I would talk to them about maybe there's something else altogether different that they would like to have. And then you can go and you can purchase that gift for them and then everyone's happy with it. I also want you to start paying attention to how much money you're spending this year. And then when you get to Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating this month, you can look to see what you've spent. If it's a reasonable amount, then you take that number and you divide it by 11 and you build it into your budget next year. That way you're putting back a little bit of your holiday money every single month and it doesn't hit you at all at once at the last minute. If it seems like you spent a little too much money this year, then dial it back and next year save a little bit less for that 11 months. You know, I want to have it so that by November 1st, all of your holiday money is set aside. And then only spend that much. The problem you have this year, if you haven't started that already, is you don't have anything in savings. So it's easier to create a budget if you're actually budgeting from an amount of money. And if you look at what you spend this year, it's going to be the most honest reflection of what you're doing. And you want to include office gifts or any other way that you're spending money around the holidays. I might even include my food bill because if you spend a lot of money entertaining, if you could have that saved by November 1st of next year, you'd be really excited about everything. And I think you would find the holidays to be less stressful. Make sure that you take coupons with you when you go to the store. You know, coupons come in the mail. Coupons come in the newspaper, but coupons also come online. Now be very careful, they're legitimate coupons. I keep hearing about these scams that people put on social media that if you do this, oh wow, look, you get that. Most of those aren't true. So it's very important to go to the actual 
website of where you're wanting the coupon or download the app from the place you're wanting the coupon. Rather than getting your coupons off Facebook, which will get you disappointed and um, kind of frustrated when you reach the cash register. Finally, remember that the joy of the holidays is spending time with people. Remember that the joy is doing those things that are meaningful in your tradition and to your family. Keep those things alive. It's really important that you spend time. You know, I know it sounds old-fashioned, and I understand that we're all high-tech and we're all in a terrible hurry, but making cookies or going ice skating or watching a movie together and making popcorn— these things don't take much money, but you're building memories and you're spending time together. And at the end of the day, that's what the holidays are all about. Whatever holiday you're celebrating, however you're celebrating it, you're celebrating love. And it's really important to take the time to be with those people and do those things that you find meaningful. It makes a huge difference in everyone's life. So, I can't believe, again, how fast the show's gone. It was a little bit more touchy-feely this time, but I think it's really important that we remember what matters and spend the time and always be prosperous. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 and Norman for production and studio assistance. You may submit personal finance questions to the Ask Peggy Facebook page and learn more at PeggyDoviak.com. And remember, prosperity is so much more than money.